Welcome back to another episode of Being at Work. I'm your host, Andrea Butcher, and oh my goodness, these these episodes around leaning into your people and caring for people so warm my heart. And today's guest has a really important message to share about leading with a steady hand. She says that she's had a lot of jobs she shouldn't have had, jobs outside of the norm. Nicole Deuva is the AVP of Employee Health and Life Work Strategies at Adventist Healthcare. But what you really need to know about Nicole is exactly how she's leading with a steady hand. She'll break it down for us. Listen in as we talk about just the challenging burnout of healthcare professionals. And yet, because of what they've done, their pre-pandemic retention and engagement scores are much lower than they are now, post-pandemic. So clearly, Nicole and her team are doing something right. Listen, as she also talks about walking through fire with your team members and leading a very full life. Check it out. Went to Slippery Rock University for my undergrad, and I majored in exercise science. And my father always asked, is that kind of like basket weaving? And uh, he thought whatever kept me there was was a good thing. And so very similar to kinesiology, I graduated with my degree and I had a wonderful professor at the time that said the corporate environment is where you belong. Go into corporate fitness. And so I spent more than a decade working for a woman-owned fitness management company leading on-site fitness centers for corporate, government, and continuing care retirement communities. And so after 10 and a half years, I decided that I was ready for something new and decided that maybe with two young children, travel wasn't what I wanted to do on a regular basis. And so I found a job posting with Adventist Healthcare, and it was an account management job for their external well-being services. And I thought, huh, healthcare? well-being? Sure. This sounds like a good fit. And I'll tell you that I I went to the interview and I interviewed so many different times with so many different executives. And I can remember coming home time after time and my husband would say, how did it go? And I'd say, oh, there's no way. There's no way. And so when I finally got the job offer, I believe that I actually squealed in the recruiter's <laughs> ear, and she took that as an immediate yes. And so that was my foot in the door into healthcare and into human resources. And I stayed in that role for a brief period of time, and we moved around the organization to different business units a few times. So I got to spend some time in our population health division. I got to spend some time in our ambulatory outpatient division. And when my manager left, I took on the job as the director of life work strategies and came back to what I consider my home here at Adventist Healthcare in human resources uh, under my current manager, who's helped me grow and led me through a variety of different challenges over the past two years. I appreciate that context in the story. And, you know, when we talked a few weeks ago, something you said really struck me. You said, I've had a lot of jobs I shouldn't have had. What did you mean by that? 
Nowhere in my background did I do anything that related to HR or business. It was all this skill set that people would give me little nuggets and I'd get really interested in and I'd dive into and I'd learn a little bit more. And so each role that I had and each role that I had within HR, whether it be managing our benefits team or occupational health or our self-insured health plan, was a job that I wasn't really qualified for. But I guess fake it till you make it is probably one of the best ways to describe. Just keep asking questions and learning and learning more and more until you really get to be someone that can fill the shoes. Yeah, well, and it's so admirable because clearly you're very passionate about these opportunities that emerge and you went for it. It's funny, I grew up in a household and my father was in law enforcement and small town, he was the chief of police and my mom worked at the hospital. And neither of those two careers really seemed to be great for me. Nursing certainly wasn't going to be an area where I excelled. And I don't think anybody wanted to hand me a pair of handcuffs and let me influence the law. But what I saw from my parents is that they were always in service to someone else. And I knew that I had to find a way to be in service to others. But I'll tell you, I never knew what that looked like until I fell into it and I fell into human resources. And so all of these roles that you've had have very much had a service component to them. They have all been people-centric. And I think that that's the best part of every day. It's not the paperwork. It's not always the strategy planning. But when you can look at the end of who is the primary recipient of your passion and your efforts, and you know that there's a person on the other end of that, it's so exciting to me. Very fulfilling. I can see that. Well, and you have had, I mean, speaking of service, over the last couple of years, like really focusing on the burnout of healthcare professionals. That must have been really hard. It has been an insane two and a half years. And I think we've experienced this historical event that, gosh, I hope will never happen again in my lifetime. But it's been an awesome opportunity to grow at a rapid pace and to really understand the primal human needs that individuals have, whether it's our patients or whether it's our bedside caregivers or whether it's people who work out of our support center. The COVID-19 pandemic took a, a toll on all of us in a different way. And so the work that we do now is really how do we not go back and be resilient because resilience just returning to a steady state, but how do we grow from and grow through all of the trials and tribulations that we've been through over the past two years. And you bring up such an important point that it really has shined a light on our primal human needs. And conversations are happening today because those things were highlighted. That is a good thing. You know, employees, team members feeling comfortable, more comfortable saying, like, hey, I'm not okay. That creates an opportunity and dialogue that perhaps didn't before. I think the best thing that came out of the pandemic was this realization that the people that work in these organizations are human. They have families, 
they have friends, they have needs outside of the work environment. And so when individuals were working from home and they were taking calls remotely, we got to see a different side of people. We got to see a different glimpse of a mother, a wife, a daughter that was really on the other side of that Zoom. And I think it creates such a new lens of looking at the people that you work with in a really positive way. And it allows us to focus more on that life work balance and setting boundaries so that we can create that for ourselves. It, it's such an important thing that, that got brought up and we, without the pandemic, we probably never would have seen it. No, and I love it so much because it is life. It is integrating life. We, Like you said, we are peering into each other's lives in ways that we didn't before. I had a Zoom call this morning with a client and my puppy was next to me. And so I just said like, hey, just want you to know I have a 10-month-old puppy next to me. We, he may make an appearance. And she was like, well, I wish he would. Can I see him? And because we, that's become so normal to get to see kids and pets. and But it was a great connection opportunity for us. So we spent several minutes talking about she's a dog lover and she has a doodle mix as well. And I'm so grateful because it otherwise we wouldn't have had that moment to connect on something that we both we both love. Just the human connection that it creates is is so important. You got it. The human connection and it's life. And you know, I think about pre-COVID when I did Zoom meetings, like I've got to make sure like the puppies put away, the kids are put away. Like Basically, like I'm protecting this, but it's like, but that's life. Those walls have come down, that guard has come down, and there's so much more openness now to just what's going on with people. Yeah. For so long, we were taught to just check our personal lives at the door and come to work and focus on work. And I can't believe that anyone was really successful at being able to do that. And so when you invite people to come in with them, their full authentic selves, I think you get a better version of them at work. And I'm quite certain based on my personal experiences that my family gets a better version of me at home as well. Absolutely. Yes. That work-life integration, that it's all life. And I'm living it with these people I'm working with, the people I'm living with at home. And of course, you adapt as the context changes and your values aren't always expressed in the same way, but wherever you go, there you are. So just be that. I love, I love that. Well, that's, that's so good. So I want to go back to, you know, we were talking about how these roles that you took were outside of the norm. You said roles that you shouldn't have had. And I know that you had a mentor in your career at one point who really helped to instill that in you. You you had said that this mentor once said to you that you're going to be asked to do things you've never done. And his only ask was that you do them with a steady hand. Yes. An amazing friend and mentor and boss who never let the moss grow under my feet for any period of time. And so when the pandemic first started, we implemented what we would call our hospital incident command system. And he serves as the planning chief. So in his mind, it must have been going 100 miles an hour, all of the things that had to get done and what needed to happen. And so one day he came into my office and said, we're going to need to figure out childcare, 
how to get people to work when transportation closes down. And then I'm going to need you to set up an occupational health clinic to pass these people through occupational health within a day or two. And I remember laughing at first, and then I realized he was serious. And he said to me, we're going to do a lot of things that we've never done before. And all people need to follow is a steady hand. And so, you know, you look back and you reflect on the really great leaders that you've had throughout your career. And they are those people who are cool, calm, and collected in any scenario uh, and just want to lead you through. And he is certainly that man for me. And so it was my goal throughout this entire process, working with teams that I did not build that were not my own as more and more people came to the table of just being that steady hand that created something and operationalized it and then evaluated it and tweaked it and changed it. But throughout crisis and the ever-changing environment of COVID-19, that's all people wanted. They wanted stability and they wanted someone who knew where they were going and could lead people to a direction. So what do you do if you're the leader and you're not feeling steady yourself? I think there's a private moment of reflection that really happens in a couple of deep breaths in, in the mirror. And then there's a little bit of transparency when you step into that group and you say, listen, I'm human. It's not going to be perfect, but together we can figure this out. And I think that that is when as leaders, we have to surround ourselves with the right people. No one wants to work in a group where there's a town crier and everything is an emergency. Everything is happening at 100 miles an hour. And when you have those people, I think you've got to encourage everyone to take a breath, reset back to steady state and get back on task and back on focus. But if you can't control your emotions that way, no one else in the group can either. Yeah, I heard someone say the other day that the least impressive people are the most impulsive people. And so it's it's the it's what you're saying, it is those who show up with a calm demeanor and a perspective of we've got this, that sets a tone, doesn't it? For people feeling confident. I think with all of the talent and the intelligence that we have within this organization that's spread out, we can solve any problem. It just takes the right people coming together and having a clear vision of what the problem is that we're trying to solve and then just being able to drop all of those barriers that prevent us from thinking outside the box to come up with a solution that everyone is excited about and can get behind and just get to that point of, of resolution. Yeah, that's a really good point. I mean, we we want to rise to the challenge. Challenge gives us something to step into and to be motivated around, to rally around together. It's true. I think about all of the roles that I've had within this organization and others that I've worked for is what made me so passionate every day was that someone on the other side working with me recognized that I had this insatiable need to be challenged and to learn and to grow and to be dumped outside of my comfort zone 
so that I could see and experience more. And those have been the best jobs. And those have also been the opportunities where I learned the most. I mean, I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought that in a week and a half, I would be able to set up a pop-up clinic with the help of an amazing team and then to take over the leadership around occupational health. I mean, there's a job that I shouldn't have had, but... (laughs) You know, we just keep learning and growing and and it works out well. Yeah, you've talked about your team being a big part of that. Like what else do you attribute your success to? Like being able to step into that? I think it's the people that you surround yourself with. My team is a group of amazing, amazing people. And you know you've found the right people when they say, We'll follow you through fire. Just lead us. We're there. And, you know, I look to my mentor and my leader in that same way that I would follow him through fire. Again, that steady hand, take me into battle with you. I'm ready. I'm ready to learn. And I think listening and recognizing that you're not the expert and being humble and, and giving people an opportunity to teach you and be really open to being a sponge and learning and just soaking it all up. That's so good. The power of being in it together is really, really strong. The, and these are relationships that you, you really value. What is it, Nicole, as you think about these relationships, what is it that makes them so, so strong? I really think it's about trust, right? You, you meet these people in an interview and they interview well and you think, I could work with this person. Okay, they've got the skills and we can teach the rest of the skills that they don't have, but they have the attitude and they have the aptitude. And you spend more time with them and you solidify these connections where you learn that people aren't just people at work. Again, you go back to understanding their family and understanding what makes them tick and getting to know one another on a personal basis. And then through those experiences, they're really just a lot of trust exercises. People are looking to you to see if they can trust you and if you'll uphold your word and uphold the actions that you say that you'll take. And you're looking to them in the same way. And I think recognizing that we all have this vulnerability and the need to trust one another. And once you find the people who you can give all of your trust to, and you know that they're just going to rise each and every time that you do it. It just makes a, a really special team dynamic. And it takes time. It takes time and intentionality to create that kind of connection. And that's what you've done. Yeah, I, I will say that like any good relationship during the pandemic, it took a much faster, faster pace. And, and people bond in, in times of crisis. And again, that trust in those actions to earn and give trust happen much more frequently than they do in in a traditional work week, right? And so that is really, really a catalyst for doing so and developing teams in, in a quick basis. Well, and what impact has that had on your retention and keeping people? It's actually been really great. So you would expect that in healthcare, following a pandemic, we'd see like the rest of the organization, our workforce start to deteriorate, but they don't. They just keep coming back with the same, what's next? 
where are we going next? What are we going to accomplish next? And so I think the more we can get people excited and passionate about what we're doing now and then leave that trail of breadcrumbs to what's coming next, everyone gets excited about the next challenge, the next exciting opportunity or the next opportunity to learn. And, and it's our job as leaders to just bring them through that and to, to leave that trail of breadcrumbs so that they can follow us. Yes, they've got something to strive for with a group of people that they trust and are connected with. I mean, those are the things that keep people in organizations. I agree. It's been a a wild ride these past two years. But to do an annual engagement survey and to see that your pre-pandemic engagement level is lower than your post-pandemic engagement level, I'm always baffled by those numbers. Something about that just shouldn't make sense. But it does in in every sense of the word. We are far more engaged than we ever have been before because our work has never mattered so much to so many people. And if that doesn't get you up in the morning and get you excited about going to work, I'm not sure what could. Yeah. And you are so passionate about it. It matters to you. No doubt the team feels that. It's hard to keep this team quiet. (laughs) It's really hard to stop the laughter. And it's also pretty hard to stop the excitement. So people actually look around the floor in our office. And we are known as the people who are probably the happiest, who talk the most naturally, and who are just excited about everything that comes their way. I think that's a good sign of a good team when there's lots of laughter coming from the team. So for you personally, Nicole, what have you been intentional about as a leader over the last couple of years? Like what has kept you leading with a steady hand? I think it's really important to make yourself and your personal well-being a priority. That saying that you can't pour from an empty cup is 100% true. And you can't pour at home and you can't pour at work So we've got to think about how we sustain ourselves. And that's really the foundation of what we're able to give to others. And I think quiet moments of reflection, I think taking time for physical activity. I will tell you that I have my best ideas when I'm running. I can solve any problem on a four-mile run, and it's fine by the time I get back. But I think it's also a matter of setting boundaries. So I recognize that I have my family and my kids, and that's important to me. And I have this job and my teammates, and that's important to me. And figuring out how that fabric weaves together in a way that works for everyone and supports their needs prevents the big explosion. It's just a little bit of, I can be here for you at this time, but at this time, it's bedtime, it's bath time, I really need to be at home. And when you set those boundaries in the beginning, people understand that and they're, they're willing to follow them. We teach people how to treat us, don't we? Based on the boundaries that we set mm-hmm. and the boundaries we don't set. And really what we're able to communicate, everybody looks at the word boundaries and they think it's this negative word. It's this brick wall. It's how you divide yourself from someone else. But it's really an opportunity for them to get to know you better. 
understand me, understand what I value. I'd like to understand what you value and how I can help you to be able to have time to do that and to appreciate that. And so it it really works both ways. Yes, it does. And I appreciate the self-awareness I hear in what you're saying. It's, It's really paying attention to what's going on inside of you and doing what you need to do to keep yourself in a good place so that you can be that for others. The pandemic couldn't have hit at a worse time. I had just started my master's degree. And so here I was being a student after not being a student for a pretty long time. Two kids, a global pandemic, working in healthcare, and it could have been really overwhelming. But knowing that I control me and I control my response to things is number one. And number two are having those people around you that remind you on a regular basis, you got this, take care of yourself, let me help here. And that's what team and family is all about. You know, when I got married, I think our our preacher talked about the fact that marriage is never 50-50. It's 70-30, sometimes it's 20-80. And I think all relationships are like that. Nothing in life is ever equal. You step up when someone needs you, they step up when you need them. And it's really this awesome opportunity to care for one another and to support one another through whatever they're going through, whether it's a pandemic or a staffing shortage or an MBA, it's all the same. It's give and take. It's give and take and paying attention to the needs of the other so that you can give when needed. Oh my gosh, this is so good. You know, as I reflect on our conversation, it's like you've given us the keys to leading with a steady hand, starting with yourself and paying attention to how you're feeling and how you're showing up. And then I so appreciate all of your comments about the relationships with your team members, the establishing trust, taking the time to listen to them, really connect with them. And and those are the makings for stepping into a challenge when you've got a group of people that you really love to work with, it's you're much more likely to step up and push yourself out of your comfort zone. Definitely. I, I'm super fortunate to have found the right people and the right mix that just makes what we do so enjoyable each and every day. That's so great. Well, Nicole, thank you so much for sharing. If our listeners want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? You can definitely find me on LinkedIn under my profile, Nicole Diuva. Thank you for joining us for this episode. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast to never miss a being at work story. 